Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. There is no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> Good man. A lot of time. Which direction we are going. We have reached a tipping point. For the most stupendous tipping point in history. <laughs> stupendous, I say. Stupendous. <laughs> We're going to be talking to the exotic youth. We're going to be talking about all things WrestleMania weekend. We haven't really done a show like this before, um, but we're about to do it. And who's doing it? I'm Stephen Platinum, but more importantly, the man about town, the man who would sell the stunner way better than Vince McMahon. <laughs> he, he is the great Larry Goodman. How you doing tonight, Larry? You know, for for a person who's never taken a bump, I do think I could sell that better than Vince McMahon did. That was that was so. They was like, and, and the and the use of the word stupendous, a Barnum and Bailey production. It felt like that. How many times were they going to say that word? Oh my lord! You know, I you know I spit out the memes now, Jeff. I'm Larry. I spit these memes out. And I'm interested in which ones sort of catch hold and get shared and spread around. The one that I made with the mean girls, um, with the mean girl face, the Regina George face of her going, stop making, stop trying to make stupendous a thing, is the first one that sort of caught fire out of all my WrestleMania memes. So people were clearly feeling the vibe of, my God, they are pushing this, you know, of all writing things with the WWE, you know, whoever thought of stupendous, which was probably one word. I mean, I'm, I visualize this, Larry. They had a they had a brainstorming session. What WrestleMania is this? It's just tremendous. It's the blah. And stupendous is what happens when you have, um, you know, they say a camel is a horse made by committee. Stupendous WrestleMania is a, is a freaking WrestleMania made by committee. That's a group of people who could only, who voted for the thing that everybody could live with instead of the thing that excited somebody. Yeah. That's how you get stupendous. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do we do have a stupendous show tonight though with the uh, exotic youth on here. They're gonna you know I this this is gonna be a preview of their tell all. So we're not gonna but we'll get some good stuff out of them I think. Oh, I think um, so too. And I mean they they yeah. were there at the ground level. You know, there's three levels of shows, right? There's WrestleMania and WWE-related products, which were all good to an extent, I think. 
Then there's like the GCW level of shows that happen, and ICW who did a show, and then there's the the uh, indie guys. And I didn't really hear a lot about the indie level shows that happened, um, and so I can't wait to hear what their perception of the week was. I, I, I'm with you on that. So as to um, before we get them out here, as to WrestleMania itself, um, you know, being generally. Mr. Negativity when it comes to WWE, me, um, I have, have to absolutely find myself in the camp of those who say they under-promise and over-delivered on these mm-hmm. shows. Uh, I mean, that those those were really good shows and with a lot of really yeah. good stuff on them. And, um, I would say the, the first night, this is just my overall impression, the first night was the better show, but yeah. the second night the highs were higher and the lows were lower, if that makes sense. Well, you, know, you can't that, get much lower that than that. Uh, yes. The minute-and-a-half-minute match, that was pretty – or 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 McMahon's match. <laughs> right. But, I, but at Johnny the same Knox, time, I enjoyed the Johnny Knoxville a bunch. You know, I was going to say, like, you either <laughs> – I mean, the, the chances they took, you either bit on Johnny Knoxville – you either bit on that match or it's the worst thing you've ever seen. And yeah. I got to admit something. I love a strong choice. I love that Logan Paul came out and killed it, man. Yeah. And, you know, just all the little weird WrestleMania stories. Apparently Logan Paul was the one who insisted on he wanted to be perceived as a babyface going out. He is not signed. There is no guarantee that he will ever come back. But that guy is the smartest worker in the building next to maybe Cody Rhodes, who he got himself, he put himself in a position to go, I'm going to do this thing, and they will have to pay to get me back. And so he's like, I want to go out as a baby face. That's why Miz did the skull-crushing finale. Is Logan Paul was wrong about one thing. He thought that that would make him a face. What he doesn't understand is it just made Miz a face, right? Mm. But... I don't think I don't think there's anybody who would balk at Logan Paul coming back. That's one. Oh, I mean, no. he he upped his stock. And again, I could have told him that was going to happen. I've been following that dude since his Vine days of doing those six second comedy things. I mean, he was a Division One college wrestler. You know, he's an athletic, good looking motherfucker, and he obviously was a huge pro wrestling fan. And like Bad Bunny. All you got to do is to want, I mean, if there's one thing these celebrities being pretty decent at this wrestling shit have shown us, and this is a hard pill to swallow, all you got to want is to be pretty good at this shit. I mean, you just have to have that mentality of like, I'm just going to buy into whatever pro wrestling is. And there's a good chance that there's enough infrastructure in place that you'll, you'll end up looking pretty good at it, you know? as long as enough people are kind of helping you out, as long as you have the desire to be great. And, uh, I mean, Logan Paul, what was your, what was the a takeaway that you had about WrestleMania, Larry? Um, like a match or an individual that really caught your eye? Oh, well, just the, their ability to, the, the way they were able to present people that, uh, like we were talking about this off air, how they can present a world champion you know, in a way that no one else can, um, just presentation-wise, the, the, the scope of it, 
um, was just yeah. was just really in, in, in incredible to me. And the other thing was, I just did not think that Stone Cold would do as much as he did. I thought there may be a match, but I didn't think there was going to be a 15-minute match with, with Stone Cold taking a suplex on the floor. I, I didn't see that I, in the cards. The, the, you know, my major takeaway, and I think I told you this right away, was refreshing to have something under-promised and over-delivered instead of the opposite. The WWE has spent the last, really since COVID, over-promising out of death, which felt very desperate, right? Edge and Randy Orton is going to be the greatest match of all time, and this is the greatest whatever of all time. They kept their ambitions pretty low because, I mean, the people were like, whoa, but they said Roman and Brock was the most significant WrestleMania match ever. And I go, you know, on paper, that's, you can make the argument. I mean, in delivery, they weren't, they're not going to, and they're not going to keep it one world title. But on the surface level, unifying the two world titles with these two guys who they've really tried to do a blow-off unsuccessfully for fucking 10 years, and they finally got to do their blow-off, you know? So you can make that argument, but, and, you know, the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania of all time, that's not that big of a reach. They're competing with two others, one of whom didn't have a crowd. So, <laughs> like, I think they did okay, you know. Um, I Speaking really of... like – yes, please. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Say, um, my biggest shock was – I mean, we all knew it was going to be Cody. I was shocked at how a simple thing such as an unapologetic star presentation worked with that audience. That mm-hmm. audience bit on WW, they were there, which again, Texas was a brilliant choice because they did what AEW does so successfully. AEW is the best at pitting one area of the country against the other. Right. So you're going to be the shitty crowd. <laughs> That's what AEW does every step of the way. You were here in Cleveland. What? Oh, cool. Cleveland's representing. Okay. And Texas was clearly out to prove they're here to watch a show. I think those, Larry, here's crazy theory number one. I think these Saudi Arabia shows have showed Amer- have shamed American audiences into acting like fans instead of smart marks. Oh, that's an interesting <laughs> I think take. That, that when you look at those Saudi shows, which are so unapologetically joyful and we're going to spare every expense, and you're going to get the best pyro, and you're going to get the coolest shit. But these people who show up to these shows love WWE. There is no crossing of the arms. There's none of that bullshit. And that's what I saw in Texas. When I saw Tracy Myers in the front row with his fucking kid, and they're in row one, seat one and two for every WWE event, you know, Tracy Myers of – AML fame and fucking Mm -hmm. WrestleCon, right? He's there, and him and his kid are just joyful. And they're not Mm -hmm. neck-bearding at all. And that, I think, added to the presentation in ways that really can't be measured, that they just had a crowd that was just buying into everything, you know? But speaking of crowd, only WWE could make the announcement of the crowd number part of the show 
un- divorced from the reality of what the crowd actually is, size actually is. Let's talk. You know, about I mean, it. is is, is sixty five thousand not impressive enough? Yeah, they got to make it seventy seven thousand. <laughs> but that works. You know, I hate to, like Gunnar Miller put up this post thing. You know, they're, they're, they got to be one of the top live event companies, if not the top live event company. They drew 150,000 people in two days and all this other stuff. And I thought to myself, this is who they lie for. <laughs> because, okay, so the real number is 65. Now, Larry, take out 11,000 comps each night. So you had a paying audience of 50,000. 100,000 to be sure, people paying to go see a show is impressive. However, that's 50% capacity. They got paid tickets for 50% of that building. <laughs> and, like, but it's, it's for the Gunner Millers of the world. Oh, this is, see, they're the great live event company. Great live event company? They lose money every time they go out of the door. They haven't sold out Madison Square Garden probably since Cena was U.S. champion, right? Like, they can't – AEW has beaten them head-to-head in every one of the same buildings that the two of them have ran against each other. But yet, it's all about perception. Perception right? is reality, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the NXT – I, you know, I found myself – falling for this, Larry. I went, that's the best show that they've done as NXT 2.0. And I realized, like, look what they got me to do. They got me to move the goalposts for them, Mm -hmm. right? What the hell sense does that make? Because they slapped on a coat of paint, now it's 2.0 and it's not the same. It's the same fucking thing. They just booked it into oblivion. But I'm yeah, already they, measuring themselves against what they want me to measure, which is themselves, not, not what no, was. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with drawing with NXT drawing four thousand people, but that's not what NXT drew in their in their heyday for their big shows. Yep. But and what they've this done group, with this wrestle, what they've done with this WrestleMania is people are saying like, is this the best one they've ever had? It's not even close, but. Because they were very subtle and smart about God, basically pitting it against the other two-night WrestleManias. Um, mm-hmm. Because they knew they were going to win that fight. And they won it. And, and then people, it's people who take that inception idea and then extrapolate it that does the work for them. Right? It's, it's oh my God, 150,000 people saw WrestleMania live. That's what they're going to roll with, you know, and it works. And it's the reason that they will get, it's part of the reason that they'll just be this juggernaut, you know, they'll get a contract renewed and all the rest of that stuff. Um, Interestingly, it's a non WWE or even pro wrestling related story that I think is going to give a little glimmer of what we might see in the future. Can you guess what that story is? I cannot. <laughs> here's, here's my second crazy theory. <laughs> um, recently, an employee that was fired from Amazon started this push 
to unionize Amazon in New York, and they okay. won. So Amazon, oh. who spent ungodly amounts of money, would pay these people three grand a day to be pretend employees to sow dissension amongst the union setters. Just all this crazy stuff to block it. And this group of ragtag dudes of ex-Amazon employees got together and they got Amazon unionized in New York. To me, that story, that, if that doesn't scare the living shit out of Starbucks, WWE, and all the rest, then they don't understand what just happened. Because <laughs> what just mm -hmm. happened is, the perception post-COVID, if we want to call this post-COVID era, is that, oh, huh, without workers, nothing happens. And it's taken, this, it's taken the history of humanity to learn this, Larry, that, oh, there's a lot more worker bees than there are queen bees. And without the worker bees, the queen bee doesn't die, right? And so once that perception hits wrestling, and, and it is, to an extent it already has, WWE is doing the extent, doing a large-scale version of free pizza every day by passing off these contracts, right? Like, oh, there's no need to unionize, guys. Look, we gave Cody $5 million. We gave Kevin Owens $3 million, And we let Kevin Owens live his dream of wrestling Stone Cold. And, you know, they're indulging. But the problem is, at some point, they're going to have to pull back on that stuff, right? They can't maintain this forever. They can't re-sign everybody for $3 million. They can't do that. And so, at some point, I just believe we've got so much content. The WWE, right now, rules because they provide the one thing that is invaluable, and that is content that never goes away and never has an off-season. However, it only works if the wrestlers feel like they're fairly compensated. And if AEW can hang in the game long enough and change their financial dynamic, if AEW starts getting some version of the WWE deal and they're able to sort of, you know, compete on a salary level, then... WWE is going to have to make a choice. Um, and I think at some point the idea of, you, you know, we're either going to have to unionize or, you know, all of these companies are going to have to kick over better deals. Because I'll be honest, AEW deals aren't great either. <laughs> they're still in the honeymoon where people are pretending that their deals are great. They're not, right? Pay per appearance. We can just let this thing run out, and it doesn't cost us a dime, blah, 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 right? Um, well, the, the I WWE just, yeah. could continue to pay people if they wanted to with all the money they're making. They can make all the high-paying deals they want as long as they have these kind of contracts coming in. Um, it doesn't, yes. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Hey, you know, uh, I see our guests, the, prompt as they always are, are ready for us. Please. So they're in the green room. We've got the uh, – trio here of exotic youth we got zach mosley we got cornelius pepperbottom we got bryce cannon they're all here to talk wrestlemania week experience welcome guys what's going here on uh, got a lot better 
Yes. Yes, yes. So, guys, before we get into it, what are the shows that you worked, um, first of all? Which shows did you work WrestleMania week? Um, we got the we Wednesday. We worked DFW. Go no, for it, Zach. Sorry, I just didn't know if you could hear yeah. me. Uh, yeah, Wednesday we worked DFW. They did, like, a joint show with School of Morton and brought in, like, Gallows and uh, Al Snow and a few other names. And then on Saturday we worked two shows. One of them was Rampage Pro Wrestling, and the other one, I'm not even sure what the name of the promotion was, to be honest. This is Manly. And yeah, that was the name of the event. MLW. So. What, were the, what were the crowds like for you guys at those shows? Um, I really loved the uh, show when we first got there, the DFW also show. But the ones on Saturday, it was kind of like... There was a lot of people at some points, and then there was less people at some points. It was like all day in the same venue, and so people were coming and going. But I think the one on Wednesday was definitely more like responsive and better venue and that kind of thing. Yeah, and the shows on Saturday, they said that both of those promotions that ran, it wasn't a typical area for them to run. They were just kind of testing the waters in that area. So for that aspect, I think that it was pretty good, a good-sized crowd. Yeah, yeah but it's still not like a, a crowd that we were used to. I, I was going to ask geographically, were the, the, the buildings near the wrestle, the main WrestleMania buildings, or were they in other parts of Dallas? Um, not really. Uh, Our first so, show Wednesday was in uh, Halton City at the Halton Theater, and then the other two were in Fort Worth. So they were all about 30, 40 minutes apart. Gotcha. Yeah, but there were a lot of shows like that that weren't actually in Dallas. Unless you were doing uh, WrestleCon, I don't think your show was really in Dallas, actually. It was either in Fort Worth or uh, Arlington or just kind of like the general areas around. I imagine it would have been hard to get a venue like downtown Dallas at that point. Yeah. I saw where GCW already booked the venues for next year in Los Angeles so they could at least oh, be in the vicinity of the WWE stuff. So that yeah, is now the game, like, you know. ECW is, like, in a very weird spot. It was, it was probably it was the middle closest of nowhere. one, though. It was very hard to get to. Of, outside of, like, the WrestleCon, that was probably the closest one to actual WrestleMania, though. Yeah, we sure. We stopped it was by like over at ECW for a bit as well. Yeah, and I, I was talking to Matt Griffin, and he said specifically IWTV decided not to go because they couldn't get a venue that they thought was going to be close enough to the action to make it work. Yeah, we figured that because we tried to, like, figure out if they were doing anything. I talked to Matt and uh, Dylan Hills and them beforehand, and they were like, yeah, we're not really doing anything down there this year. So it's kind of surprising. Yeah, because there was a spot that we ended up going to several times. It was called Deke Ellum. It was roughly about 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes outside of, uh, of like, Dallas area. And, I mean, there was a venue spot there that I'm shocked that nobody uh, picked up. Yeah, I mean, there were several other, like, bars and stuff that would have had the space, but who knows if they would have wanted to host it. Right. Right, right. Yeah, I saw where... Like ICW, who was a huge presence in the Tampa WrestleMania, they were the only IWTV show, if we're being honest, that actually drew on their own. 
Um, they decided not to run Wrestle. I think they sort of conceded that GCW it just has such a lock on that thing that they ran a show up in Jersey that was incredibly successful as far as attendance stuff. I thought the GCW stuff ranged from okay shows to one very good one. But I thought that their that their overall thing last year was much stronger. So when you when you guys were out and about, were were the guys talking who were doing multiple shows? Were people talking about which shows they felt like really worked and that kind of thing? Um, I don't know that we really talked to too many people about like which ones were the best and which ones weren't. But I mean, we went to so many that we kind of got to see. Like we seen the GCW seventy man rumble. We we accidentals at Impact and the W, so we watched those shows. Both of those were great. In my opinion, the best stuff I saw was on the Impact show at Um I know that yeah. Yeah. the name Paul Bailey worked like five shows on Friday or something, so I know he had to go like, yeah. all over the place. Yeah, that was crazy. I know uh, Blake, Blake Christian did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. He, he was, was all over the Impact, place that day. Then another one, I forgot. But for us, I think yeah, the Wednesday show was definitely our most successful. Which one was that? I'm sorry, yeah, I couldn't catch as that. As far as, like, talking. The, the DFW show, that one. DFW, it's okay. kind of like, yeah, DFW is kind of like the, kind of the training school that VIP wrestling in Dallas is pretty big. So they, they kind of are connected somehow. Yeah, and all the Create Your Name yeah, we, guys, uh, uh, had a spot there. So, like, Braun Strowman, Austin Aries, all those guys. Yeah, we uh, we definitely showed out at that show. Uh, even the promoter commented me and Pepper Bottom because we we've teamed oh, up uh, there, and so uh, they the promoter told us that we had the best match of the night. So we did Georgia Proud in that aspect. Excellent. Yeah, no doubt. I I saw you guys take a picture with the uh, Triple H cutout, which was amazing. Um, <laughs> the, the picture. The pictures that you guys got were. <laughs> <laughs> well, he walked talking up about to Paul? us. Well, it was yeah, where was himself? Was that was that at Access or was that at WrestleCon? Like, where was that? Yeah, that was yeah, at Access. Sunday. We, uh, we had some time to kill before our flight on Sunday, so we decided to be fans for a little bit and then taking all yeah. that. What was your impression of access? To me, it seemed like this year, this year at one point, they weren't even going to do meet and greets, but then they pulled back on that, thank goodness, because that's such a big part that's of it what, to me. Like, I, I didn't even think they were going to do it. And then uh, we just saw it randomly last minute. But, uh, yeah, exactly, I just so happened to see the schedule online until, until Peps, I said, hey, like, they are actually doing access because we knew Sunday there wasn't a lot going on, and our plane flew out at, like, 9 o'clock at night to come back home. And so we were going to be looking for things to do. And so, luckily, I just saw where, you know, the, they called it the Superstore this year, Superstore Access, which I found kind of weird. But yeah. instead of superstar access, and that's what kind of confused I think everybody about it. But I mean, they they had a decent showing there, uh, and I mean it was relatively affordable everything there. Yeah, exactly that's what we're talking about. Special pictures with the Undertaker. <laughs> I'm sure everything was affordable. <laughs> yeah, I think actually oh, meeting well, yeah. people and like doing the interactive stuff was expensive. But like as far as Someone coming in on a budget, like, trying to get souvenirs and stuff. I mean, they had stuff ranging from, like, $5 to several hundred dollars. So they had something for everybody, which is surprising to me. 
They're going to get yeah, out of the WWE yeah. show. It's like everything is super expensive. That's a cool name. Yeah, I mean, cool it was inside. It was only $10 for a general admission ticket, and that was, say, you got there on Wednesday. You could go anytime Wednesday to Sunday with that $10. So say you did, saw something you wanted but didn't get that day, boom, you can go back anytime for that $10. So. I have a I have a theory that WrestleMania now being two nights, Saturday and Sunday, um, does two unintended consequences. One is I think it kind of kills their – like the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania used to be the one of the year, and I don't think it's yeah, that yeah. anymore. I think crowds are too exhausted to get it up for that Raw. And the other thing I think it does is I, I suspect it might hurt everybody else running shows since now you can't do Saturday night, which used to be the big night. And, and now if you're a tourist coming in, a wrestling fan tourist, there's so much WWE shit to watch that you really don't need to or even necessarily want to go to everything. Because, I mean, even when it was here in Atlanta, I mean, there were people who came in on Monday went to Dragon's Gate, Ring of Honor. I mean, it's the biggest house that PCW had ever done. I mean, there were fucking 1,000 people packed into the masquerade to watch it on Thursday, you know? Um, And, like, I don't – do you get that impression? Do you get the impression that, like, there were a whole bunch of people that were there for a whole week that went to everything? Did you see that? Yeah, we ran into a couple of – guys from Scotland who came to our show on Wednesday and like they were doing the whole they did Smackdown on Friday NXT on Saturday Wrestlemania on Saturday the other Mania on Sunday and then they went to Raw last night like that's something funny that like we're going to touch on more in our tell all thing is like we've seen a lot of the same people every day including like the legends and other wrestlers and stuff that we know and we're hanging out with so it's kind of it's kind of funny how things develop throughout the week and like the people we're going to introduce yeah. we're going to tell those stories kind of like kind of like that because like you meet somebody you don't even think they're going to be significant and crazy stuff when it happens with themselves. But yeah, I think there was a lot of people who went to everything, and I mean WrestleCon had just as much star power at it I think as WrestleMania oh, yeah. or the Access would have had. I mean it pretty much had everybody who ever worked for WWE that doesn't currently, you know. So we've seen a lot of guys yeah, we knew like, and met without uh I think getting Zach is drowning <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Sorry, it. it's windy With, out here. I'm outside it's windy <laughs> without getting into uh too deep into the tell all uh, what was what was one of the funniest things that happened uh down there see we don't Oh, yeah, we almost got arrested, and that's all they'll say about that because that <laughs> oh, come on. is what kind of. I think we I, that, I think we can that, get a little bit more of a <laughs> than that because like the story had so many details, and like uh, even of other people who like were kind of like side offshoots of the story, like what they were doing all night was hilarious too. But it was a situation <laughs> where a bunch of people were partying downstairs, and uh, they didn't know or couldn't find who the tab was supposed to be attributed to. So we had a whole fiasco. And of doing course, that. exotic. And of course, we get invited to drink with said people, and we're the only ones 
that can be, can be found. found. So. I mean, of course, the guy with the purple mullet is going to be the first guy picked out, right? <laughs> I can't hide anywhere. Yeah, like it was... and, and, and that's part of it, too. Like, every time I go to an airport, like, I'm immediately being watched oh, that everywhere. TSA is something else. <clears throat> You'll hear more about that too. So TSA is not not my best friends. I guess I won the sweepstakes for the free deep tissue massage. I don't know. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. Tess, Tess and I got to witness that get a free strip search just in front of everybody. Nice. So he's so used to it now. <laughs> What's the way? Obviously, getting the gigs <laughs> is a, a big part of WrestleMania week. But the other is networking right that's a big part of that do you feel like did you guys get the most out of that part of the experience do you feel like you networked with people that you made some connections that maybe you'll get to be on different kind of shows and that kind of thing just walk us through that that was like the biggest biggest thing that we kind of noticed is like when we went to wrestlecon it was like a quarter to half the people we already either knew or have worked with in the past so it was kind of crazy, and through that, I guess, with with other people seeing, like, that we knew these people and like, interacting with them, the other wrestlers and stuff came up and introduced themselves to us. And we, I mean, we met so many people because we, we pretty much were able to get yeah. anywhere for free other than mm-hmm. WrestleMania access. That's the only thing we had to pay to get into because we had connections everywhere, so. Yeah, and so, like, one of the cool things is, like, every promotion that we worked for out there, granted it was only, like, three, we were invited back. Like they said, anytime you guys want to come to Texas or are in Texas, please hit us up. Let us know if we're running a show. We're definitely putting you guys on. So that was kind of cool to be in like a different part of the country and, you know, be invited back like that because they enjoyed our work. Um, I mean, I'll just say that that's that's a big fucking deal. And so you guys should be very proud of that. (laughs) Yeah. And then like, like another, another part of it is we kind of, stuck out from the crowd, you know. I mean, we do anywhere with our dyed hair and Zach's mullet and everything. So there, there was one point on the trip where I've got connections through High Spots, which is who runs WrestleCon. And so um, we had went to get in, and the lady couldn't get guy on uh, radio who was supposed to get us in. And she goes, you know what, screw it. You guys looked the part. I believe you. If not, if you steal something, it's not on me. Here, just get the armbands to go in. So we were like, well, all righty. Oh, and we showed up to MLW in full gimmick, and I think uh, I think they appreciated that. Yeah, they were like, we need you guys to change. You're too sexy right now. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't think we have anything that's not sexy, so I don't think we can really fix it. <laughs> Can't wipe that stuff off. Yeah, we got... Yeah, we got told to shave our heads before the event started. <laughs> was this your, um, for any of you, was this your first time being at a WrestleMania week? Had you been there as, as a fan previously or as a wrestler previously? Was this the first time? Um, as a kid, I went to um, WrestleMania in Atlanta, but I only went to, like, the WrestleMania show. I didn't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, for me, I'd never been as a fan or anything, so it was super cool. <laughs> we were trying to go to WrestleMania on Saturday night, but ended up getting booked, which is a great problem to have. So uh, yeah. we weren't able to catch the, you know, the main WrestleMania, but... But for was me, uh, was... I went to the same WrestleMania. 
in Atlanta. And so, uh, but I did go to fan access that, that day of WrestleMania. So that Sunday, I didn't really do the full long week because as a kid, I really didn't know what independent wrestling was, never even heard of it. So yeah, like, we just went to fan access and it was completely different than uh, the one that we went to, like the, the actual store, which I guess is why they call it Superstore now, was more of the main idea where back then it was just a lot of open autograph signings. There was a lot more interactive things that you didn't have to pay for. Like a lot of the photo ops with even cardboard cutouts, you had to pay like 25 bucks this time, where the last time you could take a picture in what they called Vince's office for free. So that's where they get their yeah. money out of you, but still it was only 10 bucks to get into, which was cool. Yeah, and Paul, I think Paul Levesque was nice enough to let us take a picture for free, so that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's one of those things where AEW is forcing their hands because, you know, when they do a pay-per-view, they do their quarterly pay-per-views, and they do the whole fan thing. They've got that shit down to it. Again, these are all guys from the indies that were used to hustling for every buck, right? So they do this great spread because I've been twice. And uh, something that I really like is if you don't have money, there's still shit for you to do. You can listen in on this panel where a bunch of the lower end guys are playing Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. And there's always like autograph signings with lower end guys. So like you don't have to pay to take a picture or to get signed by the acclaimed, right? But once you reach a certain level, You've got to pay Red Velvet something, then you've got to pay Darby more, and then you've got to pay Sting more, right? But yeah. depending on your budget, shit, if you, you, know, you just schedule it out, it's like, fuck, I'll go meet Will Hobbs, right, or whatever. Um, so I, I, I really feel like in WWE their hand was forced a little bit because at one point they were not going to do an app. They were not going to give any kind of access. And then they completely went back on that, and I'm sure it's because people were like, "The hell!" Like I'm coming, I'm flying all the way to Dallas from goddamn Scotland, and I've got money in my pocket to meet the Undertaker, and you're not gonna let me do it? Like, of course you gotta do it, right? So yeah, yeah. They actually had uh, Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker doing a signing when we were at Access. I think it was like two hundred dollars for a photo or an autograph. Yeah, it wasn't both. A lot of Steve yeah. Austin stuff was super expensive after the match on Saturday. So I don't know if they oh, had yeah. it jacked up beforehand, but it was like more than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. they were selling like a, oh, and a bunch of autog- like they had a Shawn Michaels autograph that was a hundred that I may or may not have bought. And then uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> one was three hundred. Well, to be fair, Pepperbottom, I mean, Pepperbottom, I think you're cute, and I know you're sexy. (laughs) You've got the look. You know, drives the girls wild. But another thing that just shows you how, like, quick WWE is to please the fans, too, was uh, a part of Access on Sunday, they had, like, where you could do entrances, like, as the superstars or whatever, they play their music, show their Titantron and everything, and you could walk out of the tunnel. Pose or whatever. They actually had they are they actually already had Cody's stuff ready. Like people were doing Cody's entrance. Oh yeah. Sunday. So they. Oh wow. Mean, they had Cody. They had they shirts, had Cody's they had shirts. Everything ready, Cody. Already like. 
but yeah, like several people were doing like the American Nightmare entrance during uh, during that that little period of time that we were in there. So I mean, yeah, it's crazy to me too. They're able to keep it a secret. Like none of the production people who make the merch or anything like that leak anything out. Nice. Was there anything so what, that was um, uh, disappointing to you about the experience? Um. The road. I mean, I, I would say crowds. I think everything that happened, like, even that was bad at the time, it made it worth it in the end because when we realized and, like, went over the week, like, all the stories we had to tell, even the shitty stuff that happened was still funny and, like, some of my favorite memories after the fact, so. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think the thing uh, the thing that was it's not really disappointing, but it was more of a challenge. So when you're, you're a wrestler from Georgia, you're used to the – the little stuff pop in the crowd. You're used to more crowd interaction. If you've ever wrestled in, in Texas, you've got to work for that crowd. Like they're very moved, especially with WrestleMania. Yeah, they are very like indie wrestling crowd. More, more spots, not so much comedy. So that was something. Luckily for for us, I mean, we we can accommodate to both. I mean, we can be funny and we can be action packed. So it wasn't necessarily like a problem for us, but. It, yeah, it was it was just definitely something to get used to. Like that first crowd, luckily ate everything up. But the crowd on Saturday, I don't know if it was just they were burnt out from everything they had, they had seen prior in the week or what it was. But they were a lot more difficult to kind of get behind us. And I mean, they also had exotic youth working babyface, so that was different too. <laughs> different too. Wow. Yeah, and I think part of it to add on to that is that like it's not just the fans who would normally be at shows in Texas either. It's like people from all over the world who are like that super indie fan, you know. So if we were there on a normal week, it might be kind of similar to Georgia, but mm-hmm. 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 the crowds might not be as tough. Yeah. This was freaking awesome, guys. Um, where are you? Where are you showing up? Soon, please tell us where you're going to be, where you're going to be at. Uh, this Friday, I'll be at Action next up, and if anyone cancels or something, who knows, I might slip into one of those spots. And then Saturday, uh, Peps and I will be in Panama City at XIW. I'll be receiving my middleweight championship because the former champion left his belt at home. The last show was the one I won. They didn't have the belt to give me. So I'm having a little belt celebration. <laughs> And then uh, Sunday, I think we're going to stay and chill at the beach on Sunday. It's nice weather. Every time we've been oh, in nice. Panama, like, the last year to go work there for wrestling, it's always been too cold and, like, dead in town, so there's nothing to do. So I think we're going to go relax for a little bit. So, wait, you're going to be in yeah. Tampa when? No, we're going to be in Panama City on Saturday. Panama City on Saturday. Right, right. Yeah. God. Yeah, we go there a little every couple of months, Peps and I. Nice. And then, of course, you guys are still doing the rounds. Are you going to be at uh, IWE in May? Yeah, Damn we are. Right. We're going to do it three-on-three with uh, Southern Strong Style. I guess the SHIT Foundation finds the shittiest of them all. So. Yeah. Ah! I, call, I call them the runner-ups. Nice. Yeah, well, I mean, last, last time there. the donations came flowing in for oh, the yeah. SHIT, we, we had a whole bucket and everything out there. I mean, the, totally the donations were flying in. Anything Did from you, uh, dollar coins to dollar bills to a uh, weird somebody ball. Somebody even put, like, a, a poop emoji. Poop. Yeah, like a poop emoji ball. Yeah. We got a couple of beers in there, too. 
Did oh, you yeah. hear that? That uh, ringside, the entire ringside area is already sold out for IWE. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, and of course, and, 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 uh, a lot Tim of people was on the poster. That, yeah, Tim was saying with no matches announced, but I think they announced our match at the last. They just announced the last our match. Show, so Tim can thank us for the house. And, and uh, Mosley, you got a hair versus hair match coming up. Is that right? Well, what? They, that's what they're saying. I didn't oh, agree Lord. with this. Yeah, I was hoping that wouldn't come up, but uh, yeah, they're saying that this guy—he's been saying he's won my mullet on a stick for over a year. This William Blackwell—he's got some kind of mullet fetish, and he wants mine so he can keep it and cuddle with it at night, I guess. But no, I definitely did not agree to that. So I don't—I don't know what the hell that's about. So if I okay, get there and they're saying something about that, that. if I see clippers, if I see scissors, I'm not getting anywhere near that ring. We won't let you near the ring. It's like they put a bounty on that my same head. Night, I've got a, that same night, it's going to be me and Matt Odom going at it again in a no-hold-barred match for the Coastal Empire Wrestling title. So we all know how the ladder match turned out. So I'm excited to rough this kid up a little more. Oh, Lord. Yep, and then a couple more big shows we have this month. I was just looking at the calendar. Uh, so the, the hair versus hair match allegedly is supposed to take place. April 16th at Coastal Empire Wrestling. And then April 23rd, we will be at IWN's anniversary show, I believe, in Manchester, Georgia. And then Sunday... If it doesn't get canceled. Yeah, if it doesn't get canceled. And then the following day, we will be returning to AML to take on the tag team champions there. So we're really looking forward to that. Excellent. C.W. Anderson. Well, guys, thanks a lot for uh, giving us a little glimpse into what took place down there. We look forward to your tell-all. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're still scheduling it. Um, So more information will come. Uh, We don't know if we want to host on there yet to kind of direct the conversation because any time that us three get together, sometimes we never even get out what we really want to. So we may (laughs) have a host with us. But, um, We're hoping but yeah, once we so tell this story that somebody that. wants to make a TV series out of it because it's like we can make a whole season out of just those four or five days, I feel like. Oh, 100%. Well, Literally I think, Pepper, I think Pepper Bottom's to... mom is trying to use the line. So. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Yeah, he's, Cornelius, he's are you done talking time. to your friends, Cornelius? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miss, Mrs. Bottoms, Mrs. Bottoms babies him a little too much sometimes. Oh, <laughs> oh definitely. <laughs> I do love Mrs. Bottoms. So, <laughs> in any case, thanks a lot, guys. And I mean, you're killing it, and you continue to kill it. Thanks for giving us a little uh, insight into the world last weekend. No problem. No Stay doubt. No Stay problem. Tuned. Yep. We and look forward to your further exploits. You suck and you're a chooch. Oh. Yeah, and when we tell the story, a lot of names are going to have to be changed to protect uh, the accused, innocent, alleged, whatever the case. Thanks a lot. Thanks, no guys. Problem. Have a good one. All right. Larry, I got, I love it. Like, I love hearing about the freaking, the new guys going out there, taking chances, you know, flying themselves out there and fucking 
going in a prayer, I felt bad. I couldn't help them more. At one point they contacted me like, oh, do you know the people who are running shows here? But, I mean, my life now, has, I mean, and has been for the last month or two is just slammed. I just don't have time to do much of anything. But um, they sounded like they made the connections and they impressed and all of that good stuff. So have you ever been a part of a WrestleMania week? I, I assume the Atlanta one that you made. Atlanta. Huh? Atlanta's really, Atlanta's the only one. Yeah. Yeah, I went to, what, three, four things that weekend, that week. Yeah. That's the only time. Is, isn't it wild to think where those shows have gone since the Atlanta WrestleMania? I mean, Ring of Honor is now an AEW product. Does Dragon's Gate USA exist? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, and, I mean, just – and now Center Stage is, you know, GCW ran a show there for crying out loud. So – Things are so different. Uh, and, you know, the shows that ran WrestleMania weekend that weren't in Dallas did very well. ICW did incredibly well in New Jersey. And um, it looks like Southern Fry did incredibly well as well. Yeah, I think they would have been happy with 200, and they, and they got uh, 250 by my count, r- roughly speaking. So I think they were, they were pleased to do that well um, there. Yeah. Um, I and would just beg them to never use the name Grapple Mania ever again. I, I, I got that from your uh, video, that you do not want that name ever to be used again. <laughs> you know how I am about the names, man. I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that one, didn't, that one didn't bother me that much. You know, I don't know. I, it wasn't my I favorite. Maybe, but... I, should, I should be nicer because... I mean, is there anybody who doesn't do a fucking rumble that they call a rumble? <laughs> so maybe I just need to. I just need to. Uh, I I need to tone down the Jim Cornetti part of me a little bit on that side of shit for sure. <laughs> um, hey, so Larry, uh, before we get yes. before we get out of here, um, we've had some. I, I, I don't know if you've gotten any. I've gotten some really good response to the um, iceberg interview. That, that we yeah. did, and a request for a uh, part two, as we mentioned on the air, and also possibly, could we do a part two with, uh, or could we do a show with uh, Tank as well, and possibly Tank and Dan? So um, we'll have to see about that. You know, I love it, and um, I would love to do that. And uh, you know, possibly if they run. I think a good time to coordinate all of that would be if ICW manages to come back to Chattanooga, which they are coming back to Chattanooga um, in, uh, is it May? Oh. Uh, it's either May, May, or, May or June, but I believe it's May. Because R- Ron Nimi announced that he's not going to do anything with ICW for a while. And what, that, what he told me was it came down to Danny booked a bunch of shows without basically consulting anybody including one in Australia. And Ron was like, I've spent $2,000 to fly round trip to fucking Australia. Right? Like, that's insane. And so he, I think, but Ron is going to be part of the Chattanooga shows. And so that okay. is happening in the next couple of months. So why don't we loosely plan on that? Because I'm sure they're going to do the Iceberg tribute there so Iceberg can be there. And you know Dan and Tank are going to be on those bad boys. So. Well, that cer- certainly sounds like a plan. And then, of course, we know that we've got a the big weekend for wrestling in uh, Georgia for this month is this weekend with 
Action Running, Southern Honor Running, hmm. their free show, and two nights of Hardcore Hell. So this what? is this, this is a big one. With the um, Hall of Fame inductions Friday night uh, at Anarchy, which will include Jerry Palmer, Shadow Jackson, Steve Prezak, Scotty Wren, and boy, I knew I was going to forget somebody. There's five altogether. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty big. I, I imagine they'll sell out both nights. For the um, cell block you, match, ad- they got to sell out Saturday night with a cell block match. Yeah. Can we talk about the uh, Hall of Fame inductions? Um, tell Talk to us. You know, I think a lot of those names people are going to be somewhat familiar with, certainly Jerry Palmer, who I believe Jesse Bailey is inducting. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, but talk to us about Scotty Wren, because he's one of those guys that I absolutely love, but there might be, you know, younger people who are not – Steve, of course, is one of the guys that helped found it and all the rest of that stuff. But, like, talk to us about Scotty Wren, because I think people who never got to see him really missed the boat on him and how great he was. Yeah, so, so, so Wren was a big star there in the early days of uh, Wildside and teamed with a guy named J.C. Daz uh, a lot, and they were, one of the, they were one of the top tag teams there. And Wren did a lot of crazy stuff for a big guy. Um, he was a risk yeah. taker, um, and uh, a, a, a strong personality. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, yeah. I, and, and you know, I think I don't know if this how much this played into his being inducted this year, but of course he had some serious health problems uh, yeah. recently, and um, I'm so glad that he's going to be there and going to be able to be inducted as is. Steve Prezak, who was, of course, a longtime um, color commentator there and who also had a run of some health problems here fairly recently. So I'm so glad those guys are are going to be there and be inducted. There's something I need to talk about as far as anarchy goes, because at one point when, you know, the big four, right, they injected Tank, Berg, and and Jeff, and, and, you know, those guys had kind of a bad taste in their mouth. They felt like they weren't properly treated. They, They felt like they were kind of disconnected from the guys. And I think Rick Michaels and Matt Hankins um, in particular and Tristan, I think they deserve a lot of credit for basically fixing what was an untenable situation. Because if the landmark gets separated from its past, it's just another show. No matter how good it is, it, a lot of the mystique and aura of anarchy is is 20-plus years of NCW, of Wildside, NWA Wildside, NWA, like all of that. And I'm so glad that, I mean, when they were Why We Wrestle and, you know, even some other parts, um, I mean, Larry, we had, honestly, a number of discussions of, do these guys even need to run anymore? Sure. Right. Like, it looked like the, it looked like and, that building was was finally going to be dead. Yeah. And they're thriving. In fact, I, I mean, to me, it's it's them and it's them and Southern Honor are going to be neck and neck for promotion of the year this year. I think. You know. Well, I, I think with, it will. Yeah, certainly, at this point, it's yeah. No, of course, we'll see what we'll. Of course, we've got a long way to go from here with sure. with with all of that, and I think that. Um, well, I think Anarchy's going to be uh, going to a lesser schedule um, after yeah. Hardcore Hell. 
Now, not that that isn't working for other people because it's certainly working for action. It's certainly working for Southern Honor. So we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be putting up a review of the um, Anarchy Go Home show for um, Hardcore Hell. And, boy, that was a, gr- a great go home show. If th- That place is going to be sold out. And the uh, I'm sorry, the guy I forgot in the Hall of Fame, of course, is Jimmy Rave. He's the other one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so Jimmy Rave, please go over the names one more time. So Jimmy Rave, Scotty Ray. Jimmy, Steve Prezak, Jerry Palmer, and of course, Shadow Jackson, who when I was inducted, I mentioned in my induction speech that I was really surprised that Shadow wasn't already in. So I'm so glad that he's in because, I mean, like the premier babyface in that building for so long, um, yeah, it's time. Look, look at you getting other people over. Look at this man. This man doing his thing. And I mean, and I, I mean, I'll just say this as far as those induction speeches go. Jeff G. Bailey is inducting Jerry Palmer. And if they have a huge packed building with 300 some odd people in there, somebody is going to say something stupid. And you're not going to want to miss that. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to want to miss that. Um, A couple other things about WrestleMania week, if we could, Larry. I have to admit that I'm not going to say that I tricked you, but I'm going to say that there's a reason I wanted to do this show. And the reason is you and I, um, we're friends, and we talk about wrestling way too much. I'm sure way too much for your wife's liking. Um, this is true. That, yeah, and we always end up saying this when we have these marathon phone conversations. Other people, it's, it's too bad we're not recording this. And I honestly feel like we should do more shows where we're deep diving um, into a topic related to wrestling. I feel like there's a, there's a couple of people who do it, but nobody does it incredibly well. And I feel like we can um, I think we're really smart guys. I think you have a kind of a financial insight um, that other guys don't take that I find really fascinating as far as WWE goes in particular. And uh, I don't know. I, I am not afraid to talk about national wrestling topics. Now, we'll always be the place where we talk about Georgia wrestling in particular and Southeastern wrestling in general because um, that's what we do. But at the same time, shit. <laughs> I, I honestly, you can name any two wrestling pundits, and I would put us against them as far as analysis and a different kind of viewpoint and insight. So that's definitely one of the reasons I wanted to do this. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed it, and I like this the sperm in the moment. Fla- the sperm in the moment. Whoa. The spur of the moment <laughs> flavor of the suggestion you made to do this, and then that we were able to that exotic youth were game for it and up to to do the show was just really nice. So, yeah. Um, one, one thing about WrestleMania in general, I think the two big takeaways, one is under-promising and over-delivering was one of the things. And I think the other one is um, I, I got this thinking feeling of what are they going to do? It felt like a WrestleMania where they pulled out almost every stop they could, does it not? from the heavy level of celebrity involvement, which worked, don't get me wrong, but they can't do Knoxville again, right? Like to Vince McMahon in some way, shape or form feeling like he needed to trot himself out there. 
right? Like, they, like he can't do that again, right? So who are the personalities to develop that they can invoke in the future? Because they, they really did something good with this WrestleMania. I'm just curious if they could do a version of it again, and I don't think they can. Um, or, or they won't be able to soon, you know. Well, you know, it's the thing we've talked about ad nauseum is like they don't have this, the stars in waiting or the stars in development that are going to be able to step into these spots. I mean, they need, they need Cody Rhodes to come through huge. I mean, who's going to challenge, mm. Roman, who's going to challenge Roman Reigns now with Brock out of the picture? They got some serious and, problems. And is Roman Reigns hurt? I mean, is he hurt? I mean, rumors were that he tore this or whatever, and that they're doing their level best to cover it. That, that mm-hmm. he showed up on Raw to make this appearance of like I'm fine, but that he's really not fine. And what does that mean? What does it mean for Brock moving forward? And again, they. But I will say this: in a show where they didn't really have a lot of strong ideas even a couple of months ago. They managed to throw together a spectacle that worked. And it went to show that when push comes to shove, no matter the strides that AEW has made, and they have definitely made them, they're not wrestling yet when it comes to the big event. And, um, and you kind of no. can't help but notice there is no AEW WrestleMania. And there may never be. You know, they might be happy having these four big shows until they go to a streaming format, which I'm convinced they will. And once they do, they're going to have to come up with an event um, because it's just too – if Tony Khan is a wrestling fan gone booker, which he clearly is, every promotion worth a shit has a cornerstone event. And there is no way that he won't, you know. And I don't think it's a matter of pushing one of their four. I think they need to create – I think they need to have a high-concept, big-show idea that they don't have yet. But at the end of the day, there really is only one WrestleMania. And part of what was exciting for me, Larry, is – I really want the WWE to do well <laughs> um, in the sense that like, if they're going to put out all this programming for fuck's sake, have it be somewhat good. Right. And honestly, the last two WrestleManias have depressed me. Not that they haven't had like good moments here and there, but they certainly didn't feel epic in scope. Um, this one felt, I guess to put a lack of a better term on it, this one felt epic. It felt huge. Um, whether it was Stone Cold over-delivering, whether it was Bianca actually getting a proper sort of payback for ruining her at SummerSlam, um, to, you know, the celebrities actually delivering the goods, um, and the women having good outings, you know, to a different extent. Um, it felt like it, it felt like a WrestleMania that was a WrestleMania. I guess is what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'll second that. Yeah, as you, as as I said in the you know beginning, I'm not really a much WWE fan, but boy, that was they put they put on a hell of a two night show. They really did. 
awesome. Did you did you watch the NXT show yet? I have not seen NXT. That's on my list. I watched the Ring of Honor, and of course, I, I noticed you you mentioned this in your video. FTR and Briscoes just knocked it out of the park. What a match that oh, was! Oh yeah. If anybody. Oh, and, and Gresham and uh, yeah, Gr- Gresham oh, yeah. I mean tilled, but the the Briscoes thing was special because uh, you cannot fake a match that the crowd wants to see. That's the, no matter what the WWE thinks they can do as far as tweaking a formula of how wrestling works, at the end of the day, they either want to see the big fight or they don't. And, and you can't fake that to an extent. You just, it has to be worthy. And uh, Briscoe's and FTR was everything that you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why, I guess if I had to pick a match, what was the best match? Uh, <laughs> I mean, on a personal level, my favorite match that I saw WrestleMania weekend was uh, Brandon Kirk against Sawyer Wreck. That thing was fucking bananas, and I'm a huge Sawyer Wreck fan, and Brandon Kirk, for that matter, um, who has been a guest on this show. But, uh, but yeah, no, FTR and Briscoes. What was your favorite WWE WrestleMania match? Mm, you know, I really liked um, Austin Theory and Pat McAfee. Oh yeah, I didn't even I, think of that. And of course, Stone Cold for sure, for sure. But setting that aside, yeah, I really like. Uh, uh, I thought they did a hell of a job. I was, uh, I was, I gotta say, for the impossible expectations of it, I thought Cody and Seth really delivered the goods. Oh um, yeah, they really. I think they told a very smart story in the context of the match. Made enough illusions. Uh, you could tell Seth Rollins wanted to be at his best. Yeah. Um, and what was the m- most disappointing to me was uh, AJ and Edge. I, I think AJ Styles continues his streak of having not so impressive, and it's not his fault, but I think he gets put in these weird positions with the exception of Boneyard. I don't think AJ has got to have a really great WrestleMania moment in front of a crowd. And I'm hoping, you know, he's got probably two more where he can really go. I'm hoping in one of those two, he'll really get to show his shit, you know, because he's a generational kind of talent. I didn't think it was a great match. I didn't, I didn't find it particularly disappointing. Of course, the the new day was disappointing. I mean, that was just like, why even bother to put him out there? I wish they hadn't. If if they're going to do that to him, but um, yeah, I mean, as far as all the major matches came to, came through pretty strong. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, you know, this has been our WrestleMania talk. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, I, I, for the most part, people were really positive. I was shocked that people were finding things to – I said it to you, right? There were a number of matches that were really sloppy, that were really adored, and I thought that that was great news, that people could – get swept up enough that they could turn off the intellectual part of their wrestling mm-hmm. analysis brain and mm-hmm. just, just roll with it to yeah. the moment. Because, I mean, if you watch that Becky-Bianca um, match with the sound off, you can't. <laughs> Honestly, you'll just go, like, you'll see it all, like, yeesh. But that doesn't mean, I mean, people were going match of the year candidate and stuff. And you know what? That's legitimate because in the context of the crowd, 
the slick way Gunnar Miller was dead on about that. The slick way they got into the finish was really breathtaking. And Bianca getting to, you know, those factors that you can't predict, right? When she got kicked in her face, it's one of those things that you don't want to see happen, but then it helps make for legendary moments, right? It's Mason getting his head split open at Sacred Ground 3. I would not have wanted that to happen, but the fact that it did (laughs) makes things a better story, you know, and – yeah, <laughs> Stone Cold. That wee man, that wee man getting booted right in the face by uh, <laughs> Sami Zayn. Oh man! <laughs> and and Christ. delivering. You know, this has got to be a lesson. If you're gonna have non-wrestling people in your wrestling shit, teach them to do two things incredibly well. Yeah, like. The Wee Man Body Slam is a great example of just do two things, just do something well, and it works, you know? I thought that that was, I mean, when he got him, I I was nervous, right? Like, is this Body Slam? Somebody pointed out something that I thought was hysterical, that when you look at the proportion of weight, so Wee Man goes just above a bill, right? He's 100 pounds, 102 pounds. Um, Sami Zayn is 215, that actually, body slam-wise, it is a bigger proportion of size difference than even Hogan and Andre, (laughs) 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 which I thought was a great, hilarious note that, like, Wee Man has pulled off the biggest proportional ratio body slam, though I would still say Cena picking up both uh, Big Show and Edge at the same time. Uh, is a much. By the way, can we stop doing that move? How can we stop doing the move where two guys get on somebody's back? Please, it's ridiculous. Unless you're John speaking, Cena. Speaking of ridiculous, it just shows how when you're when you go with something, you just go with it all the way. That Johnny Knoxville match, the finish. I mean, that giant mousetrip was the stupidest thing. <laughs> that was. Ridiculous. If that thing had sprung absolutely correctly, I would have. I would be with that match a hundred percent. But it was. <laughs> I was. I was really sorry that it didn't spring correctly. But then, you know what? That's the thing about legendary whatever. Like sometimes the legendary part is, but it didn't, and so what? Uh, <laughs> all right, we got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. All right. Anyway, so. Well, we'll be back with another we're edition bad. of the Tipping Point. Thank you to the exotic youth. Um, thank you to the exotic youth and uh, for Larry Goodman. I'm Stephen Platinum. Thank you for joining us for the Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. 
Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.